Good evening and welcome to the Rail of Yedo podcast. You're listening to Chris Darwin and my good friend John Mothershaw. Say hello, John. Hi, Chris. So, guys, uh, probably a weekend worth forgetting. Um, the unbeaten runs are there to be shot at, and we got shot at over and over and over and over again. John, can you remember a more humbling loss? Ooh, that's a tough one. There was a 5-0 loss at home to Osasuna last year, but that was a dead rubber. From, I think it was the last game of the season. We'd already failed to qualify for the playoffs, but... I suppose the only other one that springs to mind is the, the dreaded 4-1 home loss to Sporting B. Um, yeah. So, other than that, there haven't really been too many pastings, have there, since we've been following them? No, there hasn't, but that has just brought back the shocking memories of the 4-1 loss at home to Gihon. It's not... Probably shouldn't really start the podcast with that, really, should we? No, <laughs> that's, that's actually depressed me more so, remembering that. Yeah, it depressed me more remembering that than the actual more recent memory of being beaten 4-0 at Huesca. Yeah, not the best start, not the best start, but never mind. So where did it go wrong, John? What do you think happened? I mean, to, to be honest, I was I was actually at a, a non-league game myself, so I was kind of keeping one eye on it with the 4G. So, But it just seemed, we just, I don't know, we just didn't turn up defensively, did we? Oscar Oscar Gill, the poor lad, he had a bit of a shocker, didn't he? And you know, I know this mannequin mannequin challenge is doing the rounds a bit, but I think someone should have told him not to do it actually during the game, maybe yeah. in the in the training for him. Yeah, he, he he didn't have his best day, and then leaving the rest of the side in the lurch to go through the remaining forty four and a half minutes of the second half uh, wasn't exactly brilliant brilliant for the team either. Uh, no, uh, I'm sure there are better days to come for Oscar Gill, and uh, hopefully some of them will be in, a, in an Oviedo shirt as well. But no, it was it was it was bad from from start to finish, really, wasn't it? Uh, if we look at the goals, look at the goals that were conceded, and it was our our good friend lack of being able to defend at set pieces that really killed us off. Yeah, the second, the second and third. I mean, the first one was kind of a hole in the wall, isn't there? But the second one was absolutely horrific. I thought. I mean. They had three or four chances to clear it, didn't they? And, yeah. But they were just more hungry, seemed more hungry than us to to get the ball in the net. But and then the third, the third one, I haven't actually seen the fourth one. I was trying, I was trying to watch the highlights before the before we came on, but the stream doesn't seem to be working. Yeah. The fourth one doesn't matter. Was you still like, watching by then? Well, no, I saw it, but the fourth one doesn't matter. By that point, we were literally just playing out time and hoping to get back on the coach and go home. I think. Um, no, the, the, the second one was, was terrible. I mean, we've had four or five opportunities to, to clear that ball, um, and we just haven't. The first one, um, the, the, the highlights actually on the stream didn't really, didn't make it look too good from our point of view. Um, I haven't really seen it closely enough again to have a proper opinion on it, but, uh, just the goalkeeper's reaction suggested that something had gone, something had gone wrong. But no, if you're going to concede a goal like that second one, you, to go 2-0 down again, I mean, when it's 1-0, it's a, it's an absolute cliche, but the next goal is so important. And, uh, to concede it in the manner that yeah. we did and then not to show. And again, I hate using the cliche of character. I think that, that strength of character is something that is, 
bandied about too often around football teams and everything, but we just didn't show any. Um, after the, after the second goal went in, it was, it was a very unoviedo like performance. I mean, I've been critical of the style of play this year, as, as everyone knows, but one thing we have showed all season is genuine heart, organization when the ball's in open play, and we have looked tough to beat. I mean, that has been the staple of our season. We have been tough to beat, but we were not very tough to beat, uh, on, on Saturday afternoon. No. Why was it though, Chris? I mean, was was we did we kind of sacrifice our principles and go a bit more attacking, leave ourselves open? No, I don't even think it was that. To be honest, I mean, if if you set yourself up as a team that is based around being solid defensively, and that is and that is your game, I mean, almost. I think Hierro has the attitude, I, I will take a point from any single game and if we can get three, that's a bonus and we will get three quite often. So we'll, we'll, we'll play it that way. I do, I do personally feel that if you set your team up like that week in, week out, eventually somebody's going to come along and give you a battering. Um, and that's happened and I don't think it's now means Hierro is going to change his style in any way. I don't think we'll get beaten like that too often. Um, so it's, it's not a major problem. So no, I don't. I, don't, I we, we seem to set up in exactly the same way as we have set up recently. But uh, I think the problem does come a little bit when you're two nil down. You do. You, you obviously you can't sit sit back and just take a two nil loss. You are going to move on a little bit, and that's and that's kind of where we start to get hit a little bit. But in the second half, I think uh, especially with ten men, we just didn't we just didn't get any of the ball. And, uh, and they, they were toying with us towards the end of it. So no, I don't think Hierro's game plan was particularly set up for being 2-0 down and what we're going to do then. And especially not to be 3-0 down when we've then got 10 men for most of the second half. So I, 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 you can't blame Hierro for that one. I don't think his players really did themselves proud on the, on the day. And we get a chance to go again this weekend and put it right. Yeah. I was talking to Paul actually on, on a WhatsApp group and, he seemed, he seemed to be under the impression, away from home, we can't play Michu, Linares and Toche. One of them's got to be sacrificed for an extra man in the midfield, a bit of steel. Yeah, I, I, can see, I can see where he's coming from. I can see where he's coming from on that. Um, and we were talking we were talking last week about the about the tactics that Hierro's employ, which are pretty similar home and away, to be honest. There's, there's, uh, there's not much in, in between them. But the, the system of play that he's, he's going with doesn't seem to have a natural fit for a Michu or a Susayeta in terms of their style of play within that system. Um, and yeah, it, it didn't, it didn't look right. It didn't look right this weekend. Um, I don't think it was as simple as, um, the, the shape or the formation or the personnel per se causes problems. Look, look at the two goals that we conceded. Uh, a bad goal on a free kick and then a terrible bit of defending from a corner. It doesn't matter if you're playing 4-4-2, 4-5-1, when you're defending a corner. You just got to do better than what we did there. Yeah. So, so yeah, but I, I do, ta- I do take his point actually. I do take his point. If you, um, if you're looking to play a solid midfield, Mitchu doesn't really necessarily fall into that. But if you're looking to play a counter-attacking game where the way that we play is that we have relied on a bit of magic from time to time, well, you need Mitchu in the team to be able to provide that bit of magic. So it's, it's, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. We won't play that badly again this season and we certainly won't get exposed like that again I mean- this season. The point you make there about this 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 formation, shape, tactics, the way we don't differ from home and away, do you not think we should do? Because 
other teams generally play differently at home than they do away, don't they? Away teams generally play more counter-attack, don't they? Whereas the emphasis is more on you at home they, to, to force a play. They do, but again, again, I guess it depends who you're playing, really. And in a, in a division that is as tight as we are in, there's not many teams that you would definitely look at and go, well, we are much better than them. I, I, I don't think you could really, you certainly couldn't name half the division and go, well, we are categorically better than them. So therefore we should go out on the front foot well, and play against them. Um, so I can, un- yeah. I can actually understand and respect the, the counter-attacking sort of approach both home and away. And it's actually, I th- personally, I feel where a lot of football's going at the moment. I think a lot of teams are, are playing a counter-attacking method. Um, you look at Leicester. They they weren't known last season for having much of the ball in the Premier League, but they were certainly very effective when they did win it back. Uh, and you look at some some of the other sides uh, that that are playing at, at the moment. They they are very much based on how quickly they can move the ball from winning it back into an attacking sort of style of play, and that's kind of what we're doing. So so I can understand why we are playing home in a way like that. We're not we're we're, we're mm. not a dominant team. I don't think we've got players that are brilliant at keeping possession of the ball and dictating the tempo of the game I actually do think we look better as a side when the opposition has got the ball and that sounds like a daft thing to say but because we are so set up well defensively most of the time when they've got the ball you can all you I can start to see the pattern of okay well if we win it now then we can break and we can do this that and the other so yeah um, there are going to be games when, yeah, we should most certainly be on the front foot. And I do like it when we play with a higher tempo. I don't like it when we play this defensive game and we play with no tempo because you can't be a counter-attacking side and play one pace and slow. You've got to be counter-attacking with a bit of zip and a bit of a bit of pace as soon as you win it back. So, so yeah. Um, but I do, I do take the point around the difference between home and away. But I think that really does depend on who you're playing. And we're by no means one of the stronger sides in the division when we've got the ball, if that makes sense. Yeah, but I mean, on the other side as well, I think you play to your strengths. And for me, I mean, I, I don't know all the other teams in, inside out and all the players, but I'd be surprised if there were three better natural goal scorers than the ones we've got. So maybe we should be playing more to their strengths, you know, get the ball in the box and give them an opportunity to to you know, create chances for them. What well, I think, and, um, you know, is there not an element of, you know, we, we'll score more than you. I know it's a bit gung ho because he was a bit gung ho last season. Agaya at the start of last season, you know, every game was like three, two, four, three. Yeah, but, but it's not. You know, it, I appreciate that's probably get, getting getting the ball. Sorry, in the, get, getting the ball in the box doesn't necessarily translate to to non-stop attacking play, though. I mean, we've, no. we, we've seen, we've seen this season that we have been at our best when we've won the ball. We've broke quickly down the sides. The over, the overlaps have come from the fullbacks and the crosses have come in. Now, everyone's, I mean, when you think of, when I think of that style of football, I tend to think back to the sort of like the early Manchester United sides under Ferguson, for example. Mm-hmm. They would play like that quite a lot. And everyone has this image of, well, United were just non-stop attack, non-stop attack. They weren't. Look at where their attack started. And quite often it was from a defensive position. And then they broke from there. United weren't really pressing high up the pitch like you would see a Liverpool do nowadays or a, or a Barcelona were doing when Pep was there, etc., etc. It would actually start from quite deep in their own own half and that's kind of 
where we start our attacks from a lot of the time is is in our own half. Now, once you've won it, you can still then play to the striker's strengths definitely by by win it, move it forward quickly, get the pace in in the counter, and then get the crosses in. And when we've done that this season. We've seen that we do create chances. You're right. You've got when you when you set up a team, you've got to look at what your strengths are, and our strengths are. Well, you've got Toshe, who's good in the box. He's very very good in the air. You've got Linares, who is a natural poacher, and then you've got Michu, who's then probably the perfect combination to go alongside the two of those. And the fact that he arrives late when the other two hopefully are occupying the defenders with with their sort of strengths. But it's about how you can then play a certain way that's going to create those chances for those guys. And typically that's going to be coming from crosses. So we need to see, and this again, this is to a certain extent why I don't like our, our fullbacks too much this year because I don't think the quality of cross-in from the fullbacks is particularly brilliant. Um, but then are we setting them up well enough to be able to do that? That's that's a different matter in itself. So, so because we've got three guys who are great in the box doesn't immediately mean that we have to play non-stop attacking football. It just means that when we get the ball, no matter where we get it, we've then got to start playing to their strengths when we're in the attacking phase. But then equally, we've got to play to our strengths in the defensive phase. And because we've got quite defensive-minded central midfielders, typically, it makes sense then that we have them sitting quite deep and sort of trying to protect the, the back four that way. Yeah. yeah fair point, fair point. Interesting to see about these fullbacks, I'd like to say, because Varela, he seems to have disappeared off the radar. And whenever he's played, he, he's put good balls in the box. He's created chances and I think he's set one or two goals. And we keep harping on about the Icelandic lad at right back. He's well, he's completely out of the picture, isn't he? Yeah, I'd, I'd be quite interested to see Varela's stats, actually, because you're right. To the naked eye, it does feel like he's been the most productive of the of the three left backs we've used this year, certainly going forwards. Um, to, again, to the naked eye, Pena, I think, is just I, I think he's terrible. Um, but uh, but no, Vrela was quite good, and I've not been massively enamoured by the guy who's playing there at the moment. Um, but yeah, it'd be good. It'd be interesting to see Vrela's stats and actually see if his cross completion and stuff like that has does actually tally up with with what we think. Uh, and on, on the right again, I mean, I, I don't know what's going on with, uh, I don't know how you pronounce it, is it Diegi? Um, but, uh, yeah, he, he must have done something to really upset the, the boss if he's not getting a chance at right back because it's not as if, uh, 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 the, the other guy is it Luis Fernandez hardly, he's not exactly set the world light himself. I mean, this started with Diegi. It started last season. He kind of drifted out of favour. But, I mean, Pena, he was on the bench on, on Saturday and, but I reckon last season, I'd be surprised. I think he set up at least seven or eight goals last season from crosses. Yeah. But this season, when he's played, he's probably, he's not really done it, has he? But again, we've we we seem to have spent a lot of the first halves of games with both fullbacks not being allowed to venture forward, which again doesn't play to the mm. play to the strengths of what we got. We've got to get crosses into Toshe. We've got to get the ball into Toshe's feet early. We've got to get the ball into his chest early. So then he can occupy yeah. to, to, I mean, if Toshe's on form and if he's getting the kind of ball in, that's immediately going to attract one or two centre-backs into dealing with Toshe. And as soon as he does that, then that's going to create space for Linares to be able to go and play in. But if we're not getting the ball into Toshe, Toshe's a spare part and the two centre-backs are on easy street. And Linares isn't going to make that run because he knows that the ball's not coming in to Toshe and he's not going to get it off Toshe. So it's, it, yeah, that, but... It's 
these are kind of two separate things, really. This this wasn't the problem with 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 Saturday's game at all. This is just a bit of a theme that we've seen a little bit this season. That w- when we play quick and when we get it wide and when we do all those things, we look really, really good. But we don't do that for long enough spells. We said it last week. We've not put together a solid seventy minutes of performance this season, and you kind of got to start doing that if uh, if we, if we're really gonna maintain the kind of form that will see us not lose games like we lost at the weekend but also see us maintain the sort of the playoff push so let's uh let's draw a line under the 4-0 defeat at Huesca uh um what other results do we have at the weekend let's have a look we had Cordoba were beaten 2-0 at home by Mallorca Elche beat Vida lead uh 2-0 uh, Huesca, as we know, beat Oviedo 4-0. Uh, Nastic beat Getafe 1-0. Tenerife drew 1-1 with Nemanthia. Alcacon beat Royce 1-0. Levante and Cadiz drew 0-0. Lugo, uh, 10 men Lugo beat Vallecano 1-0. Uh, Sabia B, 10 men Sabia B beat Almeria 1-0. And Zaragoza beat Mirandes 2-0. These results are absolutely crazy, aren't they? Uh, Nastic again, they've won two on the trot now. Yeah. They're still bottom though. Which, I know. <laughs> no but, else. I mean, I haven't even looked at the league table properly yet, but I can't even predict who's where because you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have picked Cordoba to lose 2-0 to Mallorca to start off with, would you? Well, Cordoba are on a terrible run though, I think. They've not, they've not won in, I'm looking at the table now, they've not won in the last five at least, maybe more beyond that, but. But then Mallorca have hardly been tearing up trees themselves. So, Bungie, say that. I've just, what, the league table? They're up to ninth now. So, yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's, again, as we say every single week, this this oh. uh, this league is impossible to predict. Poor old Nostic, though. Anyone else wins two? Anyone else in the table have won two games? They'd move up about 15 places. <laughs> but they have not even moved off the bottom after two wins. No, they haven't. But then if you think about they were slightly adrift. Yeah. two games ago weren't they I mean again listeners just to give you the context if you've not seen the league table yourself Nastic are bottom in 22nd place with 13 points in 5th place are Oviedo well actually let's go we got one place higher in 4th place are Sabia B they have 20 points so that is 2 wins and a draw between bottom and 4th place in the table if Nastic win again and results go their way they could see themselves up as high as 14th so the, the 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 table, as we've said, week in week out so far, is so unbelievably tight that even I mean we lost four nil, but we've only dropped from second to fifth. But it's just made everything else so incredibly tight. Huesca have moved up to third place from what they eighth or ninth at the start of the weekend. They've yes. now jumped up to third place on on twenty one points, level with Lugo on on twenty one points. So, yeah, so the, the rundown of the table as it stands, Levante top, still top. Uh, they drew nil-nil at the weekend with Cadiz, but they're top on 31 points with a 10-point lead over Lugo and Huesca uh, in second and third. Fourth, fifth and sixth are, uh, sorry, fourth, fifth and sixth are at uh, Sevilla, Oviedo and Royce, all on 20 points. Elche are on their own in seventh on 19. And then you have Girona, Mallorca, Vidalid, Cadiz, Cordoba and Getafe taking you from eighth down to 13th on 18 points. 
Then you've got Zaragoza in 14th on 17. And then you have Tenerife, Alcacon uh, in 15th and 16th place on 16 points. And it just gets, stays as tight as that all the way down to Nastic in last place. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. You've got about 37 teams there on 18 points. So... Uh, anyone, still anyone can make an impact on this, on this league if they, uh, if they put a run together. And other than, other than Levante at the top now, no team is unbeaten in five games. Oh no, sorry, I tell a complete lie, I've just seen one. Kadith, Kadith are unbeaten in, in five games. So, you could almost argue they're the form team. Yeah, well they did, them two drew, didn't they? They did. Actually, yeah, Levante and Cadiz, the two teams who are unbeaten in five games, drew at the weekend. So the results, I can't, I can't really tell, John. Did, did they do us a favour or not? It's, it's just too difficult to work out. Yeah, I think it's impossible to work out, isn't it? And I think some do you a favour, some, some don't. But there's some big ones this week as well, though. Yeah, there are, yeah. Well, just, 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 just before we move on to next week's weekend's games, uh, that result obviously has knackered our goal difference, though. We had, what, a plus seven going in, and now we've got a, a plus a plus two. So that does yeah. actually make a huge difference with, the, with, uh, with where we are, because we did have one of the better goal differences in the, in the table, but we don't anymore. But yeah, John, tell us, tell us what's yeah, happening this week. I was just going to say, don't, don't forget, at the end of the season, it comes down to head head-to-head record rather than goal difference though, doesn't it? With That's true. Teams. Goal difference so, would come into play if we had a level head-to-head though, would it not? That's right, yeah. 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 Okay. So I think we, we probably don't really want to be coming head-to-head with Huesca at the end of the season, do we? Unless, no. no. Unless there's a drastic turnaround when we play them at home. Definitely. But yeah, on to, on to the weekend's games. Friday night, there's Almeria against Elche. Uh, on to Saturday... A couple of big ones Saturday. Numancia against Vidalid. Uh, Mallorca against Sevilla B. So that's a, that seems a decent one. Uh, Girona against Lugo. So that they're both in the playoff region. And it's probably the biggest game of the weekend is Real Oviedo against Levante. So that's going to be a very tough game. Um, so, But one I'm quite confident with, to be honest. Uh, on to Sunday. Yeah, go on. Uh, Sunday, what, Reus against Nastic. Another decent one, Hitafe against Zaragoza, Tenerife against UCAM, Rayo, so they're under a new manager now. They sat the manager last week. I'm not sure who the new bloke is, but yeah. they're at home to Huesca. Cadiz against Alcorcon and Mirandez against Cordoba. Well, if you're going to play the league leaders, you may as well play them when you've just been bent over 4-0. So... Uh... So yeah, what a what a great way that would be to to get back into form, than to uh to stop Levante in their in their tracks. Yeah, I mean we, we historically seem to do well in this kind of game though since since we've all been following them. You know we've played you know the top of the league teams in the past, Murcia. Um, we played Rayo, who were probably the big team earlier in the season, and that was probably our best performance of the season. So historically, like I say, we tend to do quite well in this kind of fixture. So. Well, let's no, let's hope we uh, still believe that come uh, come eight o'clock on on Saturday Saturday night. I mean, in in, in all seriousness, I say it tongue in cheek, but actually, this is a very good time to be playing the league leaders because there's no way that the players can will, will be able to get away with putting in another performance like that, and I and I just don't think that they will. So uh, we may as well play them off the back of a hiding 
don't go into the game overly confident because we've just won a game 4-0. I actually think that's more dangerous when you're, when you're going in against uh, the, the, the top of the league side. So, so no, it could, it could well, could well go our way. Well, that's what Alex Ferguson used to say, wasn't it? He always used to say, it's not about your defeat, it's how you react from them. Exactly. And a good team should never lose two games in a row, they say as well. So, so I guess we're probably about to find out how good we are. <laughs> Who do, do we know, do, other than the fact that they are top of the table? I've not had a chance to watch Levante this season. Uh, do we know much about them in terms of personnel? Anyone that we should be looking out for? Well, I know they've, they've pretty much kept as much as far as I know a similar squad to last season. Like yourself, though, I've not had a chance to watch a game. So, but I mean, they're flying away, aren't they? At the top of the league, so it's obviously clearly the best team in the league so far this season. So, yeah. But definitely. as regards individual, I'm not sure, Chris. To be honest, no, no worries. Okay, so uh, nothing from you guys, as in you guys, the listeners, this week. Uh, so we will skip over that part of the podcast. John, any other Oviedo news that we should be uh, we should be sharing out there? Apparently, uh, apparently, um, our favourite dish was in the Guardian this week. Oh, the cachopo, yeah. Did you did you see that article? I, I did. Yes. Oh, it made me hungry. What reading that? I tell you, <laughs> it's the uh, the only thing that would actually turn me back to eating meat. I didn't know you had gone vegetarian, Chris. Do you? Yeah, about a year, about two, about two years ago now. One of the main reasons why we've not gone back up to Oviedo yet, because Rudy tells us how difficult it is to be vegetarian up there. So uh, definitely, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but other than that, anything else in the in the Oviedo world? No, I've not come across anything. Good stuff, good stuff. Well, look, guys, again, as ever, please do interact with us. If the, if you have comments on the, uh, on the, uh, on the matches, if you hear of any news yourself that you want us to, sc- to discuss on the podcast, we do typically record them on a Monday night. So don't wait for us to contact you. Fire a message over to us on, uh, on Twitter at Rail Oviedo Pod. Uh, you can find the podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, and most of the other most of the other major podcast networks you can even subscribe to the uh, to the podcast on iCloud on iTunes now and it will automatically download it for you so you can listen to it straight away uh, as ever please leave us a nice review because uh, that will help more Oviedo people find it and if you do see anything from us on the Twitter account please do retweet it so that other Oviedo fans can find it so it would be great to get this out to as many Oviedo supporters as possible over the rest of the season uh, thanks as ever to Luke Davis for doing the music that you hear at the beginning and the end of the show John anything else you want to say no that's all for me Chris great stuff okay guys well we will be back with you probably on Monday having just said that we normally record on Monday we may as well do it on Monday uh, and hopefully we will be celebrating at least at least a point but all three points against the league leaders Levante see you next week folks